Welcome in, everybody. This is episode 12. Back-to-back days, back-to-back episodes. Now, to be completely honest, the, the Twitter mailbag was pre-recorded. So that was before all the, you know, the Clevenger IL news and the significance of his injury. And this is before the Dahl IL news as well. So quick touch on those is yesterday on the, on the show, I, was kinda, I actually kind of discussed how I thought Dahl was going to end up on the IL. So this is just one of those things that I already kind of saw coming, or at least I assumed was going to happen. It sounds like it's minor, so hopefully it's a minimum stay. Hopefully he'll be back in a week and a half or so and be able to jump right back in that lineup. So watch out how that affects Tapia and, and Hampson, really, for the most part. And Clevenger news, that really hits, that really hits uh, home hard here. I mean, I, I was pretty married to the guy this year. I had him on a ton of teams, or I still have him. I'm not cutting him. He's definitely a DL stash. I just the fact that he's not going to pick up a ball or throw for the next six to eight weeks is is absolutely like that's concerning. And then from there, you have to hope for no setbacks, and he has to get back into game shape. So realistically, we could be looking for a post All Star break return. Again, he's a hold for me. I'm not dropping him. If you see him dropped, I would I would even pick him up if I have the space on the roster to do so. If you don't have DL spots, it becomes a lot tougher, and you really have to think about that one. But if he's dropped, I'm scooping him up. I'm going to be looking for him to be dropped. But I doubt any of my leagues he's going to be dropped because we all have DL slots and usually a decent number of them as well. So that's just a quick overlook of the news that happened since yesterday's pod to to today's. Like I said, the, the Twitter questions were pre-recorded. We're just we're giving them to you today. They were pre-recorded yesterday, so we're going to go ahead and jump on into those. Let's look at these. I've had two sale trade questions, so I think this one's probably the most pressing. For those who don't realize it, Sale's having a terrible start. I'm sure you realize it, but a lot of it's his pitch his pitch mix. He's purposely throwing junk. Like last start, he purposely was throwing junk balls, trying to avoid the fastball. He's purposely keeping his uh, fastball, his velocity down to start the year. He's purposely trying to do that. So it's really hard for him, I'm sure, because, you know, normally he can – I think he was hitting 94-95 on the high end of the fastball. He's trying to purposely keep it around 90 for whatever reason, I guess maybe trying to transition to that picture, but I don't know, man. I see. So people, so they were getting trade questions about him. I'm glad I talked to, I honestly talked to guy off the ledge yesterday. It's in an AL only league. It was sale. Somebody else for JD Martinez and Severino. And he told me pitching is really boosted in this league. And I talked him off of it. And of course it worked out because Severino's out. Severino's out for unknown time. So one last one last thought on sale is that obviously there should be there's reason to be like worried, but the Red Sox paid the guy a big big contract extension, so they obviously must be comfortable with his health. They must know stuff we don't. I think this is just him working his way back slowly and carefully. You should buy low, and that's why these offers are being sent our way. People are trying to buy low on sale, and I totally get it. And you should. I think I think he's gonna be all right. I'm pretty comfortable going out to get him. But the first question we got was in a dynasty league sale for Kriloff and Aaron Sanchez. And I love Kriloff. I think he's a high end prospect. Obviously, he's top ten in most people's prospect rankings. I don't think that's enough for him though. Yeah, I agree. I I, I like Kriloff as well. I, I like that they're moving him over to first base. That's I think that that's really gonna help his value as well. But uh, to me, this really isn't too close yet. You know, not not for sale. Kirillov and, and Aaron Sanchez, uh, it, it's not. 
I, I wouldn't make that trade. I think realistically, if you if you want to come for sale, you need to you need to have another high end prospect there. Aaron Sanchez isn't a bad like pro ready. And obviously, there's context. We don't know the depth of the league. We don't know any of that stuff. But dynasty league doesn't matter. I think if it's a shallower league, you really need to come stronger. If it's a deeper league, you still need to come stronger. But it's for this is forgivable in a deeper league. And Aaron Sanchez has his own baggage as well. I mean, that's not somebody that I would go after in a deal for for Chris Sale. I mean, this guy is owned in 23% of Yahoo leagues right now. If you're going to if you're the one selling Sale and you really want to get from under him, counter for this and maybe add another high-end prospect. Go get a Mackenzie Gore with him or somebody like that, a Honeywell, something at least add another high-end prospect to it to make it at least worth your while. You need two high-end prospects with or a better pro or better MLB talent. That's all I would yeah. suggest. Right. I think you could definitely ask for a better major league caliber pitcher in return. I mean, Sanchez is is solid, but there's just too much baggage with him right now, too. We're gonna go right back right into the next Twitter question. Now we got one that asks, do would you cut Framo Reyes for Renfro or Jay Bruce? I personally would have and still will for Renfro because honestly, it just seems I think it's just a preference because coming into the year, I was a Renfro guy. So I actually drafted Renfro in quite a few places. He was he literally has been doing what 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 uh Framil just did. He's <laughs> pinch hit home runs. His few starts he'd been he's been smacking the ball and hitting home runs as well. It's I think between them, it's whoever's gonna be whoever gets whoever has the hotter bat is getting the start. That's why you have Renfro in these last few nights and Framil out. That's why you have Will Myers getting regular days off so they can get both these guys in the field at the same time. They're may, they're trying to make it work, but obviously it's a situation where if if they if they could put Myers in center field or Renf or, or Reyes in center field, they would. The problem is, is they don't have a center fielder if they get all three of the guys they want in the lineup together. So would you what do you what would you do? Would you cut uh, Fremo Reyes? Do you keep him for Renfro? Or do you cut him for uh, Renfro? Do you cut him for Bruce? Do you kind of keep the one you got and hope that's the one that works out? <laughs> right. I feel like you know Reyes and and Renfro, you're you're going to be cutting them for each other, you know, uh, all, all year, but. Uh, uh, personally, I, I I'm a Reyes fan. I I like Reyes. I, I think he has the biggest bigger you know uh, average upside. He's kind of shown it with the plate discipline. So for me personally, I'm not cutting Franmil Reyes yet. Um, I, I don't think I would do it in a head-to-head league. I, I don't think I would do it for either of them. Um, now maybe in a roto league, if you need that power, uh, you know Renfro and Bruce are pretty good options, but. Personally, I'm not cutting. I'm not cutting Reyes right now. I personally think that both of those Padre options are better than Bruce. Um, I think Bruce is a very streaky player, and I don't think he's going to keep keep this up. But if you're looking at Reyes or Renfro, I, I would personally go the Renfro route. I think he's going to get. I mean, he got the start over Reyes tonight. I think Renfro, if he gets if he gets the playing time, if he gets the at bats, he's a 30 home run guy. They got to give him some more playing time. What really needs to happen is that team, they need to trade one of their outfielders. They need to free up a spot. They need to let these young guys play. They can't keep doing this, shuffling these young guys in and out. It's just, it's just not good for them. And it's not going to get them into a steady routine. And it's, they need to make a move. I think realistically, if you want the safer floor, you, get, you go ahead and get Jay Bruce. I mean, in his last three games started, he's typical Jay Bruce. I mean, he started tonight. He got a home run. He one for five with a home run. Another one tonight. Yes, wow. uh, last uh, he had he had the, he had the seventh off. So last night he played the fifth and sixth. 
a total of two for 10, but those two hits were home runs. I mean, and then you go back, he had a day off before that, and then you go back and he had three home runs in like four games. Essentially, he's home runner bust, 250-ish average. He's the same type of guy as these guys, but he doesn't offer the same ceiling, I don't think. I think so. 250 is generous. He's hitting 184 right now with five homers. I mean, it, like you said, he's, it's boomer bust. Um, you could get the points. If it's a points league, you can get a nice amount of points for the home run, but you could also get negative points for four strikeouts. I mean, anything goes with him. Yeah, it's tough. I can understand. the Like I said, but Bruce is getting the playing time. These guys aren't guaranteed, especially if it's a weekly league. If it's a daily league, I like – playing with the Renfro or Framil, whichever one you prefer. I prefer Renfro. George prefers Reyes. It is what it is. You take your pick. But uh, that's why that's why it's like whatever. I mean, it's tough. But, yeah, I, I would recommend keeping Reyes or Renfro over Bruce as well. Yeah, I do think this situation is going to resolve itself, um, you know, the deeper we get into the season, whether it's by trade or, you know, one person breaking away – um, or by injury, but I, I think one way or another, I think the situation will, will resolve itself. Essentially, you're better stashing Reyes or Renfro at this point. That's what we're getting at. Pick, pick whichever one you like more, and obviously who, who you ask up here, to, up here like we're on podium, <laughs> who you ask here between the three of us, that's, uh, you're going to get your answer differently. So moving on to the next question is, would you cut Winker for Yandy Diaz or in general? We kind of answered that one. But we're gonna. I guess we could touch on it. Obviously, it's what that goes without saying. I think we'd all across the board cut. We would cut Winker for Yandi. No problems. Not even thinking twice. And in general, again, you kind of answered it, George. You said. I mean, I think. I mean, unless Zach disagrees, I have no problem cutting him at this point either. He's. I don't see the. I don't see. The, there's really nothing holding me back from cutting him. Especially the shallower of the league, the easier it is to let him go. Yeah, yeah, and and even in deeper leagues, it's hard to hold on to him when if there's someone with potential on the waiver wire, you know, you could be setting yourself back in in deeper leagues. So I, I mean, for me, yeah, definitely um, at, at this point, especially when Senzel, you know, comes up, that's going to be you know really hard for them to to keep him in the lineup if if he keeps struggling like this. Yeah. So again, we kind of you touched on this when you were talking about why Winker was one of your three down. So we can kind of move on from this. We kind of answered it already. Now this is where it gets interesting. Is Darvish a stash or drop? I honestly, I still don't know my answer. I keep looking at this and I'm like, I could ten team leagues, you could drop them. I can say, and that's a cop, that's an easy cop out. But in ten team leagues, there's there's you have so much on the potentially you have so much on the waiver wire. It's hard to justify holding on to him. I mean, in 12-team leagues, I'm seeing, you know, Mikolas being dropped. I'm seeing Porcello. I'm seeing Ivaldi. Darvish isn't much better than those guys. His name is. The name's there. But in 12-teamers, I think I'm more likely to hold on to him, see if he actually has it figured out. But I don't know. He's getting to that point where dropping him, eh, what are you really missing out on? I mean, we know the upside, but when's the last time he's been close to that, you know? It depends on the type of league that you're in. I mean, if you're in a pitcher-heavy league, it's somebody that I would probably still stash, maybe bench a few times until he kind of gets going. But I don't know. I'm kind of with you. I, I'm more on the stash side at this point, especially in, in deeper leagues. Um, I don't know if you're getting too many better options in a deep league. Um, I mean, you have to think that he's going to turn it around at some point. I mean, the whole Cubs team is really – had a rough start along with the Red Sox. I mean, those are two of the biggest surprises I would say so far. 
But I mean, if Darvish is out there, I, I would probably, if I have the space, I would definitely consider stashing him. And I don't really, I wouldn't plan on playing him or starting him anytime soon. I kind of want to see him come back with consecutive solid starts and see what he can do. But it's, it's still an intriguing name. Uh, the name, it's, it's, it's a sexy name still, but you got to temper expectations with Darvish at this point. I agree. I, I mean, he does have some good uh, matchups coming up. He, he gets Pittsburgh and then Miami. So if you want to, you know, hold them just for those, you know, two next starts, see if he can get right. We can revi- revisit this in a month because that's when things might change. Right. He has looked terrible. Now let's go ahead and jump to this one. And I think this one could be a relatively quick uh, answer. Should Christian Walker be added in 12 team leagues now that he has a full playing time or now that he has a full time gig? Uh, apparently this guy's had a lot of, or read a lot of mixed reactions about him. So he says, so I think it depends on the depth of your league. If you really need a, a corner infielder or if it's five outfielders with two utilities, like really deep leagues, totally could understand adding them. I've added them in some twelves, but really, it really depends on, it's hard. Cause just, at, just, just a general 12 team league, probably not. There's, I mean, he's on the waiver wire in one of my 12 team leagues that isn't so deep. So it really depends on depth of your league, how aggressive you are as a, of an owner. I don't like missing out on things, but I think he's he's very similar. To, he's just a very typical. He's like, almost like a Jay Bruce, like just home runner bust type of guy. So I don't. I wouldn't say he's a must add essentially. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. I, I wouldn't call him a must add either. Now, if you you know need someone uh, to replace an injury or you know like like you mentioned if your league is a little deeper you have a corner infield spot you have an extra utility spot um maybe you can go ahead and pick them up but i do question the the long-term viability of of, uh christian walker so moving on from that one we have so there's this question i have a hard time understanding it it's a more of a philosophical question it's I'm reading it word for word, more of a philosophical question, but how do you balance picking up the hot white waiver wire ad and having a balanced approach, especially if there's more than, I guess, I'm not reading the whole thing. Uh, I guess what he's, what I'm getting, getting from is how do you basically not overdo it? Like don't drop somebody, don't just be like, essentially like he's asking when is enough enough almost like don't like, what, what do you draw? Where do you draw a line when it comes to ad dropping and who to drop and, I don't know. I'm pretty aggressive personally on the waiver wire. And usually when I draft, I draft with the, I don't get married to my guys. If I draft somebody in the final two rounds and they are terrible, I will drop them for the first. I, I essentially use the last pick or two to be kind of just turn and burn spots until I, like, until I find my Yandy Diaz or before, until I find my, you know, insert name here that's having a hot start and I want to hold on to or speculate on. That's what those spots are for. Now, when I get, when I get those spots filled, Unfortunately, it's harder and I kind of miss out on other guys because I'm going to stick to the guys that I found first that hopefully stick that hopefully uh, kind of come through for me. Now, I don't know if you guys if that's what you guys took away from the question or not. It's kind of a tough, oddly worded one for me, but I go I kind of I kind of keep a balanced approach. And like I said, if I find somebody that's hot, I'm not going to just drop them the second that they cool down. I'm going to give them a chance or game or two. But if somebody else pops up in the meantime, then bye bye. Like, I'm not. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold on to somebody longer than I ha- than I than maybe they are worth holding on to either. I'm not, I'm not shy about dropping people though. Like I said, I'm really aggressive on the wire. I agree with your philosophy there. I personally, I mean, there's guys that I'm targeting late in drafts, and um, it's it's still super early. Um, but I mean, if a guy is obviously 
I mean, if you're drafting a guy like Chris Davis on your team, which I sure hope nobody has him, then yes, you cut bait immediately <laughs> on a player like that. But I mean, if there's some some guys that you're waiting on, um, like sleeper type players, I'm okay with hanging on to them. But I mean, if there is a guy out on the waiver wire, if there's a guy like Domingo Santana, Pete Alonso, like guys that are off to fantastic starts, you got to find a way to make room for them on your roster. If a guy is on the wire that's performing well, and if you're kind of, if you got a sleeper guy like Jesse Winker or something that's really not getting the playing time, not performing yet, you got to make that move. You got to be aggressive. Don't be too aggressive, but you definitely want to be aggressive in this game because you could you could miss out on a potential stud the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Just my nature of, of playing, I, I tend to, you know, have a more patient approach. Um, I have a hard time cutting guys, but when there is someone on the waiver wire who's who's hot, you know, I, I try to look at, you know, what's going on. Like, have they made any changes? Um, you know, how does the underlying metrics look? Um, so, like, you know, someone who, as I said before, like Yandy Diaz, you know, if you, you see those tangible changes that they've made, if it's something that can keep up that, you know, they, they can help you, you know, all season long, uh, then that that's that's when I'm ready to make a move. So our final Twitter question of the evening, 13-man Roto with three utility spots. He's looking for power, and these are the available names on the wire. Christian Walker, Paul DeJong, and Hunter Renfro. And he's dropping Yuli Gurriel, which if he can afford to drop that average, that's fine. So, Zach, how would you rank these guys? So it's DeJong, Christian Walker, and Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. I mean, I think the first person on my list would probably be DeJong, just because he's kind of right in the middle of that order. He's playing every day. He's kind of done it before. Um, I feel confident in him making an impact on that team. I would probably go next with Renfro. Um, Renfro really is his best tool is his power tool. And like I said, if he if he can get you 450, 500 at bats. I mean, you're looking at a 30 home run power. So I probably, I would probably rank them Dijon, Renfro, Walker, just because Walker, there's still a lot of inexperience there. Not really sure what to expect at this point, but the top two are definitely Dijon and Renfro with the playing time kind of being the major factor there. I think you hit it right on the head, Zach. That's, that's the order. All of us, all of us have it in the Dijon, the John run from Walker. Walker is the most intriguing because he's like the shiny new toy. Because again, he's kind of like quad A player who smashed in the minors. But I he does, I don't think he even belongs in this conversation with the John and Renfro yet. That hot start hasn't held up. He's been rough on the edges lately. So I like I like that order. I know I know George is on board. So Dijon, Renfro, Walker is how we would rank it. And the final question that we received on Twitter was for a 16-team 5x5 redraft, and he needs a starting pitcher. And he gave us, like, seven or eight pitchers to pick from to rank rest of season. Honestly, after after about three or four of them, it's kind of really just whatever you prefer. I think we, we agree in some order to uh, Max Fried, Merrill Kelly, and Frankie Montas, top three. Kelly, closer to the top, Freed, two and probably Montas three so it'd be something in that order I know it's kind of vague but it really is a preference all these names are Descafani, Cahill, Giolito, Holland, Miley, Turnbull it's 
it's a it's a it's a cluster. So we we discussed this one a little bit off air, and it's we just those are the, those three names: the Freed, Montas, and Ke- Kelly. We like them probably in order. Like I said, Kelly Freed Montas actually is the order. So those are who we we would recommend. And then if you're if you're not quite sold on one of those three, p- put names in a hat and pick one because that's pretty much what it is at, at that point. So that's it, man. That's all for the Twitter questions. We were glad that you guys reached out and gave us some. Oh wait, we had that one right before we got went on air, right? We had that one that we. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. We had. Uh... I'm pulling it up now. I'm pulling it up now. Give me a second. So, thinking season-long investment, would you drop Ryu or Ryu? Is it Ryu? It's Ryu. Ryu, Arietta, or Shoemaker to pick up Zach Wheeler. First of all, Wheeler should not be on the waiver wire, so grab him. That's for sure. Um, Ryu might be a stash. I mean, he's going to go to the DL most likely, so he's going to be a stash. But if you don't have DL spots or your DL spots are full, Ryu could probably be dropped once you find out the DL situation. But until then, I would say Shoemaker, is the, for me, is the drop. As impressive as he's been, maybe Arietta. I don't know, man. Arietta's Arietta's more of a name. Yeah, I don't know. the The Ryu injury last year was devastating. You know, he tore that groin, and if he re-injured that thing again, it's I. I think he's probably a drop. I, I'd probably drop um, Ryu. Yep. Well, we agree as well. We have to wait for the new. I definitely would say wait for the news. Don't go throwing in a towel like you said in your own tweet or don't go don't go just giving it giving up on them yet wait for the news and if you have a dl spot stash them and now you have an empty spot for wheeler but if you can't wait for all that if i had to pick right now i'd say shoemaker is probably the most droppable of the names there maybe right yeah (laughs) Um, before the injury news I, i agree with you for sure uh you know shoemaker regardless you have to get wheeler you know on your team can't believe somebody dropped him already. I mean, I, I understand he's had two rough starts already, but people need to be patient. I'm on the first two weeks of the season. You know what? Here's a little spoiler alert for my buy low. I'm going to do it. I'm going to pull out the notes, the encouraging notes on him. I wasn't going to do it, but talking about my boy, I'm bringing up some positive things to, to possibly look the reason, some possible reasoning as to like why to be optimistic with them. So yes, I'm going to talk up Wheeler a little bit. So he faced Washington twice. People think the Nash, the Nats are suddenly like a bad team without Harper. They're actually a really solid team. So he had to face that lineup twice. He had second seven walks his last outing, which is absolutely absurd and not like him. He had barely, I think it was like two or two and a half walks per nine last year. It was just, that's, so the seven walks were definitely discouraging when it's not something that it should, that's not, some, that's not something that should be a trend for him. Now, some of the things going in his favor is he had, he, first of all, he's a 321 bad bit against him. That is really high. I don't see that sustaining his ground ball percentage, even with all these, this, like I said, all the numbers are really bad right now for him. His ground ball percentage is, is a, is a high 55.2%, which is great. That's awesome. It's above average. He's, he's getting a lot of balls hit on the ground. His home run to five ball percentage is only 12.5%. That's below Lee average in a good way or above Lee average. However you want to look at it, it's good. It's, it's, a, it's, a positive, it's in a positive direction. And his hard, hit, his hard hit percentage is only 31%. So these are all, like I said, all this is very encouraging for him if you look into stuff. And that's why you don't just take the surface numbers. You look at some of this stuff and you realize, well, he has some things going for him. Another couple of bad outings, maybe other stuff will be 
then maybe I'll question myself with what, with what I was looking at. But these are just some quick notes I noticed on him tonight because he was going to be one of my three down until I really looked into him and saw, well, some of these things are pretty encouraging. So I don't know. I think he's more of a buy low than a, he's definitely not a drop. That's for sure. I have one share and dropping him. I'm just frustrated that I've started him, but dropping him is not, wasn't even an option in my head. I might actually, and looking at these numbers, maybe it's fool's gold, but now I want to go, I'm honestly probably going to shoot out some, uh, some offers on them tomorrow. So hopefully people I play in leagues with aren't listening because <laughs> I'm totally going to go after them now. I know Zach, he's one of, he was one of your guys. You, you like Wheeler. Obviously you're not dropping them. George, I, I think he has something to add. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely not dropping them. I mean, you know, you made some good points with those underlying metrics that, that you, uh, that you mentioned. Uh, you know, 42% left on base percentage, you know, typical, typically like uh strand rate is right around maybe 70, 80%, you know, for league average. Um, so, you know, right now I think, you know, the control is, is not there. I think it's going to come. I think uh, you, you're right on with the buy low opportunity or, you know, if someone dropped him, you know, pick, pick him right up. Cause um, you know, he's definitely not going to continue, you know, looking the way that he's looked the last, the, uh, the first two outings. Better things are better things are ahead for this guy is what we're getting at. So, all right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for the Twitter questions. We appreciate your feedback as always. Now, going forward, please bring us all your questions. We're going to try to do some more of these episodes every so often. We always enjoy and really have fun talking about Twitter questions and trying to help you guys out. We typically answer back on Twitter a little bit, but we try. But going forward, we're probably going to highlight. Like, if we get questions here and there, we'll just bring them onto the show. But don't forget to follow us on Twitter. George is at jmonson is ninety. Zach is at brafz, and I'm and of course <laughs> I'm Mike. You can follow me on Twitter at mike underscore curl. Now we also have a few articles coming out. I'm going to be dropping a buy low sell high article. George is going to do his weekly waiver wire and two start pitcher stuff. So like hitter, the weekly waiver wire is going to touch on the hitters and pitchers and matchups and all that. I'm going to try to chime in and help them out once in a while because it's, it could be a lot of work. But we're still looking for writers if you're interested, fantasy baseball, and fantasy, ba- uh, fantasy baseball and fantasy football writers. The opportunity is still here. But with all that said, guys, thank you for listening as always, and we'll talk to you later.